It's another edition of Riding Home. It's Monday. Uh, I don't know the day of the week. I mean, I don't, I don't know it's the Monday. date. Yeah, it's Monday. It's, uh, Thank 26. you. It's, we're coming on to uh, Georgia-Bama today, press conference day. In a little bit, we'll go down there and watch them practice for 15 minutes in the indoor facility, no less. Yeah, that's good at least. It's not yeah. going to be cold outside. I don't think I could tell you. It's really cold. Honestly, right I'm now. always hoping for indoor because it's either – it's never – or very rarely is it good weather. So you're always hoping for indoor because it's either too hot to where you're sweating or it's too cold to where... Even in October? Generally, yeah. It's it's either or. It's really hard to get in between. In, in Athens. Yeah. What did you make of today? Anything? I mean, Kirby really doesn't get away from his script ever. No. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, just doesn't he's himself. Um, you know, in... He he was a little. He was more complimentary towards Alabama than he is about most teams. Usually, yeah. he gives the oh they're a good team. You know what? Like UMass, why are we doubting them so soon? Like don't say anything bad. Like did, but he, did he say that? He like, said something on the line. Someone asked about playing young players. And he's like, why are we assuming that? And it's like because UMass. That's why we're yeah. assuming it. But you know, against Alabama, he had very specific things to say they liked about him. He specifically about the wide receivers he really liked. Tua, obviously. He talked about the receivers a lot. I don't. I don't know if that's why they. He. I don't know if he was asked about that a lot, or if, I, or he brought it up a lot. I mean, they were they're really exceptional. There's no question. But like Jerry Judy played in that game last year. He played against Georgia. Yeah. Judy and mm-hmm. and a lot of the kids who were there now played in that game. They just. I guess they, they, were super, they, yeah, they just weren't they, Calvin Ridley, and they weren't that name. That's right. And the other the other thing too is um, Tua. Tua is Tua. Um, when Tua came in that game, it did take Alabama a little bit of time to get going. It, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it's just whenever they, you change a quarterback, they were all over him um, in those first couple of drives, and from that point forward, Alabama started moving the ball. And, and eventually winning the game, scoring. I can't remember what the – I mean, 26-23 was the final score, but Jalen – I mean, Hurts could do nothing. Yeah, they, well, they, they I don't really remember good. his first half stat line, but I remember in the it press box I was talking to some people, and we were all just like, I mean, if they – like, they have to take him out or else they're going to lose this game, but we didn't think it was going to happen. They weren't just going to lose. They were going to get blown out. Yeah. I, I mean, mean he was, was bad. He was not – the offense wasn't doing anything with him in the game. No, they barely got first downs. And this week – if you look at the statistical, I should have brought the papers in here. I mean, Georgia is scoring at a, a very solid, not not relentless pace. Alabama is scoring at a relentless pace. They have slowed down some in November, and only because they've dealt with LSU, Mississippi State, and um, and uh, Auburn to some degree. They got slowed down by Citadel just because Citadel held the ball that whole first half, yeah. but. They are, they are not scoring at the pace that they did, and they probably won't score 50 on Georgia, but they have the capability of scoring 45 on anybody. Yeah, I mean... With the, that, with that, with the offensive players that they've got. Yeah, they could... And if they're scoring 45 on Georgia, then, I mean, I, I don't think that would happen. But it's... It, I don't on, think it would happen either. On, on their best day, if they performed at their best, they, I think they could probably score yeah. 45 on Georgia. I don't know. I don't know if Georgia could score over thirty-five against them. But now their 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 defense is not the same as it was. Um, Georgia, Alabama. Well, neither of these teams' defenses are as good. I don't. I don't think. I agree with that. Yeah. I I I watched Alabama a lot. I don't know if I'm intelligent enough about them to say if they've improved defensively 
from from game one to to now. I mean, if you look at the Auburn game, Auburn was successful scoring at, in the first half, and I thought I thought the Auburn game for for Georgia's purposes was only about the first half because the second half. Auburn wouldn't have the ability to stick with them in terms of depth and personnel and stuff like that. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. And, and, they did, and they did not. They did not stick with them. But how that matters now, I don't know. Do you think it's – let me ask you this. So they're going to play this game in the same exact location. This, the only thing that's going to be different are some of the players and the television network. Georgia will have on red. Alabama will have on white. Georgia will be the home team. Uh, the head coaches are the same. You know, the fan mix will probably be about the same. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I'm sure, I guess it's deja vu, but you have to wonder how many times these guys are going to start to meet in the in the near future. I mean, who is in Alabama's way in the West? I mean, Auburn. I don't Especially not Auburn's, this year. But they, they, they always have the capability to kind of rebound just because right. they do recruit well and they get kids out of Atlanta. So I don't think they'll be in the way next year or even really the year after that, but they do have the capability to switch. Um, kills me to say A&M maybe one year can but do well. A&M would have to get their act together pretty significantly to, to beat Alabama. Um, I'm talking about over the next five years, I think we are more likely to see Georgia-Alabama in the championship game than we are to see – any other combination. Oh, yeah. But I think three out of the next five years, you know, it would not be odd at all to see Bama and Georgia play in the SEC. I think it will at least be three out of three out of four, or three out of five, maybe four out of five, maybe even five out of five. Who has the more difficult path? They of do. the two? Yeah. They have the more – yeah, I would say so. But it's not by a lot anymore. I mean – you know, Florida. I mean, Florida's Florida's is, functional. Yeah, they're now. they're they're a good team, and you know have the capability to get become a very good team. And you know, I'm not as sold on Tennessee as Matt is, but no, I don't but, know what but, he's talking about. But, I mean, recruiting wise, he seems to really think that. It, but they're they're still a top fifteen recruiting bunch. I mean, if you're Tennessee, you know you are you are almost certainly going to lose to Alabama every year. Yeah, I mean, they're really So there is no margin of error for Tennessee to get to the title game when you've got that one assured loss. Now, they handled business against Auburn this year on the road, so that was a huge win. But for Tennessee, you're stacking up against Alabama every year. Georgia. Florida and Tennessee. And uh, Georgia. I mean, you're facing the two best SEC teams every single year. You are, yeah. For the next – I mean, At least through the next. So the, in this decade, Georgia has won the East four times, with 11, 12, uh, 17, and eighteen. Um, it seems likely that they would win it next year. I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing who would naturally bubble up against them. The, the best chance would be the Gators. And yeah, and for that to happen, who I, who I think overachieved this year. Honestly. I agree, yeah, yeah. And but for that to happen, Florida would need to be, be playing, you know, overachieving again yeah. and Georgia would need to underachieve greatly. Apparently so, by they, but apparently by three three scores. And and next year they this team should be better. They shouldn't underachieve. Well let's talk about that for a second because I, you know, Fletcher, when I talk to him, he is adamant that this is the worst Georgia team that Kirby will have for a while. I could I, I And then you're talking about a team that's you know, going to finish in the top t- 10 for sure, but maybe the top five when it's all said and done. 
I mean, if they lose to Alabama, they'll drop to number seven, six, something like that. Oklahoma would move up in front of them, and maybe someone else would. But then they'd have to play Texas or perhaps West Virginia in the Sugar Bowl, a game in both cases they would be favored between five to ten points in. You know, so you would think that they would win the Sugar Bowl. This is if this is the worst Georgia's got. What does that mean about the future? I mean, because the present the present isn't so bad. Yeah, South, South Carolina cannot challenge Georgia. No, they not won't. the way they're functioning right the, now. The once again, the only it's only Florida, only Florida, and in three to four years, maybe Tennessee. It, I don't think so. But they they went. Tennessee did exactly what everyone thought they would do today. They, this year, they just did it in a different way. Instead of being yeah, instead of being four, five and seven with losses to Auburn and whoever, you know, th- th- they did it with losses to Vanderbilt. They had a loss to Vanderbilt, Missouri, which was expected, I think, coming into the season. Um, West West Virginia, Georgia. I mean, they were not competitive uh, against teams in the top twenty-five who will end up in the top twenty-five, with the exception of Kentucky, who they beat. And, you know, I just – Tennessee's got a long way to go, period. And I, I, Tennessee has not won this division now in, in in 11 years, since 2007. They have not won the league in 20 years. That's a long time. Georgia – Georgia had not won it for 20 years. Uh, they had not won it for 19 years when they hired Mark Richt. And then they took the league by storm in his second year. But the difference between Georgia back then and Tennessee right now is there were at least – I mean, Georgia wasn't going 5-7. and seven. Georgia wasn't losing to Vanderbilt. They were losing to top 15 teams, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, and sometimes beating those teams. Tennessee hasn't come close to that right now. And the other, the other thing is, as much of a juggernaut as the Gators were in the 90s, they're not even close to what Alabama is right now. Not even close. Not yeah, even I mean, close. I don't think really. There are very few college football programs that are near where Alabama in a, is in, a, in this decade. In a spring, in a flash of time, which was three years, USC was this good. But yeah, that was but a, that was three three years. year period. Three, and that was I mean, it. And, been, and, and one of those three years, they did not win the national championship. Yeah, which was that last year against Texas. Yes, sir. So Texas is the most likely, I think, opponent now if Georgia loses this game to Alabama. I mean, so I was kind of – Te- Texas would be about a nine-point dog. To I, was, I was talking to all my Texas friends about it because, of course, you know, they're excited because they think they're going to go to the Sugar Bowl. And so it looks like really the only way that they don't is Georgia wins and Ohio State jumps Oklahoma. I don't think that would happen, but I, I, I'm not going to rule. So if Georgia wins, the, the, a lot of the question this week is where did, where will they be? I mean, they would have to jump Alabama, which means they would not be the number four. There is no scenario by which Georgia is the number one team now no, because will, no, because of Notre Dame. Their best will be – if they win, they will probably be – Their highest three. possible scenario would be two, two. but that's not But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If they win, yes, they'll be the two or the three. Yeah, if you're the two or the three, you don't control anything – all the two or the three means is you're either wearing dark or white colors. That's it for on your tops. Yeah. So that's irrelevant. But um, for 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 Clemson, it would make a huge. It, it would make honestly for Clemson, it wouldn't make any difference either because 
if Alabama wins and is the one, they're probably almost certainly going to the Cotton Bowl. Clemson would go to the Orange Bowl in that case because they would be the number two or well, three so, team. I mean, so, so assuming now, now, by the way, Miami, I think, is equidistant to Dallas, from Tuscaloosa as Dallas is, but I think they would naturally go to the, well, the Cotton Bowl. So just um, if, assuming Clemson wins this weekend because right. they will very likely win. I mean, they're a 26-point favorite, 25-point favorite. That's stupid. That's insane. That's a, but, and so does that kind of ultimately rule the Orange Bowl out for Georgia? Because if they if Alabama wins, if Georgia wins, I mean, it, it or just overall, I mean. Well, okay, if if Georgia wins and Clemson loses, then okay, which well, are both you know unlikely, right? Clemson losing is far more unlikely than Georgia winning. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, it, in that scenario, if Georgia were to win. And Clemson lose? What was the scenario again? I'm sorry. So I mean, we'll just. I'm just saying. How can Georgia play in the Orange Bowl? I don't think. I don't think it's possible. It is very hard for them to get to the Orange Bowl. I think it's really only the sugar, the, the cotton now. Well, the well, but the prop. So what happens in that scenario would be. That would be the chaos scenario. The question would be Notre Dame. Where would the committee put Notre Dame? And you would imagine it would be Dallas and not Miami. So Notre Dame as the number one team would go to Dallas as the home team. They would they would host Alabama or Oklahoma or possibly Ohio State. The only team, how many teams are really alive for this? Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Is you is UCF in any way? It's going to be hard. It's going to be really. It's going to be really difficult for that to happen. I mean, that would be really. Alabama wins. Notre Dame's in. Notre Dame has lost. Notre Dame wins. Okay. Okay. Alabama. Notre Dame win. Clemson loses. Oklahoma loses. Ohio State loses. Then what? Well, I think Clemson would still go in that scenario. I'm not saying it would be right, but I'm saying that they would go as a 12 and one. Their their so-called legacy, so to speak. Would be what would 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 dump them yeah. into the playoff because the the oh shit moment the playoff would have is we're not putting Central Florida into this thing. They don't have their starting quarterback. They allow sixty points a game on defense or well, maybe that makes or even, forty. Maybe, maybe it's just like okay. The uh, the thing that kills Central Florida is honestly now they do not have the starting quarterback. And by the way, they have a game they have to play too. I think against Memphis. So there's no certainty that UCF gets in there. All right, so anyway, let's leave them out. There's six teams. Notre Dame would Notre Dame's most likely destination is Miami because of the assumption that both Clemson and uh, Alabama will win this weekend. So Notre Dame is the ideal semifinal candidate to play because they are the worst of the six teams yeah. that are remaining, yeah. right? So you got Notre Dame. Georgia, it's going to be hard for them to play anywhere in this postseason outside of Dallas or or New Orleans. It goes New Orleans by a lot, then Dallas, and the Orange Bowl is is tremendously unlikely for Georgia. A lot of chaos needs to happen. For Clemson, them winding up in Dallas is almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, even if they lose, it would be really hard to see that a, a team that lost to Purdue by 30 
which is very Clemson. I mean, Clemson gets beat, but not by 30. That was awful. By some random team. Okay, so that would be Ohio State. I think Ohio State's shot of getting in this thing is almost lower than a half a percent. I mean, it's just not going to happen. They would need to win by 80 or yeah, 70. Yeah, but I, I just never doubt the ability of Ohio State to sneak in. But they did not sneak in last year. No. They, they, they took a non-division winning Alabama over a conference champion Ohio State. And looking backwards, it was the right it was call. The call, call, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, that's not dissing Ohio State, who completely manhandled USC in the Cotton Bowl. That was, you know, the best team was Alabama over in those two, you know, games. Oklahoma is the team that is probably going to get into this thing now. If Georgia, if Georgia loses, Oklahoma is the team that benefits immediately. I mean, they still got to beat the Horns. They, I, think I, they I was just going to say, they have to beat a team they have not beaten yet this year. They have to beat a team... They have to be the only team they've lost to. But they would have – the argument for Oklahoma is pretty basic. We beat everyone we played. And that's – That was Georgia's, that was Georgia's argument last year. And they won a Power 5 conference. If the Horns win and they're about a four-point dog? Um, last time I checked it was like eight. It was okay. something crazy. Eight's a lot more than four. If the Horns win, you got real – then you're starting to get into a scenario where maybe it doesn't matter if Georgia wins or loses Saturday. You know, if Oklahoma loses and Ohio State loses and Georgia loses, then you're starting to look at a scenario where, all right, who's got the worst loss here? Ohio State. Ohio State easily has the worst loss. Oklahoma can't beat Texas. I mean, that's what that would be. And Georgia's would be they can't beat you know, two teams, neither of which were at home. So Oklahoma and Georgia are both in the same situation in that they're playing these games in neutral situations. Um, but Georgia's, of course, won. The, the LSU game was on the road. But anyway, if you're it's back to the game here. Are these wild scenarios? What well, You and I basically agree there are six teams that can get into this thing. 6.0001. That's Central Florida. Yeah. That, that's just not going to happen. Um it does look like Central Florida, though, will get a crack at someone. Maybe not LSU now, but maybe the Gators. Again, I, I think they can beat Florida, too, by the way. I mean, yeah. They totally can. I think that will without, without their quarterback. Without the quarterback. I keep forgetting about that. I'm not so sure now about that. What is the line for Texas-Oklahoma? Seven and a half, Oklahoma. So that's a significant – that's about a 66% chance for Oklahoma to win. So two-thirds. And if I, if I were Texas, I'd be okay with that, you know? What do you mean? I, I would, I would, I would feel comfortable. Oh, with those odds? Yeah, oh, saying yeah. I got thirty-three chance. One in three games. Chance. Yeah, that's okay. I would be okay with that if I were them. Georgia's sitting at about eighteen percent or twenty percent. It's not, it's not real high. It's not real high. Now, when I was talking to someone last night, they said you're overdoing it. The betting public really buys into two things more than anybody else: the Dallas Cowboys and Alabama. They overinflate their numbers. But Bama has covered in eight of their 12 games. And they've covered some huge lines, too, by the way. I mean, I think I, – I'm not really decided if – I think – I think it's far – I, I, I'll tell you right now, I would take Georgia in the number. I mean, it's way cover? too big. Yeah. 
Well, this should be I, much more like nine or ten points. What did it, I know it jumped up. I mean, what it, what it was it at ten. It opened at ten, went to eleven, went back down to ten, and then it went to thirteen. I think thirteen is too much. I would take the. I would take Georgia there to cover. You don't but like at 10, them at ten. At ten, I might take Alabama. See, I, I think I like Georgia until about seven. <laughs> but the, look. The thing about it is that the the number when it gets if you're the underdog like Georgia is in this situation, and you're a good underdog, um, you can use that as motivation not to be the underdog, but the respect card. There's only so many times you can play that game if you're Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Georgia can't really do that very much, but like this, after the Kentucky game, they're playing that card. And, like, and it was bullshit. It was like, but in this, but in this case, they I think they have the right to say, you know what, we're I can't believe people are disrespecting us like this. No, I agree, because well, it, it is just kind of the Alabama thing. Everyone everyone overdoes Alabama. They do. They totally especially do. ESPN. Um, why I mean, you say now? Why do you say that? You know, our our audience loves to hate ESPN. Well, because like every time you turn on the amount of times I saw the last play of the national championship on ESPN is just like through the roof. Like that's really a story that you should do. That's a story that we should have thought of. Is you just sit there on you know X day and see how many times on linear ESPN, big ESPN, how many times did they replay that shot? In this commercials, week, they're just on a one-day period. Well, I mean, like, well, I, I just this week it's probably astronomical with this so? game. And it on the on the sports centers or or what? On sports center, yeah, because they'll they'll open it if they're going to talk about college football in the yeah. next segment. They'll open it with. I was just telling Mark Weiser. I mean, you can't. That is one of the most famous plays in college football history. Yeah. I mean, there's just no I mean, doubt about it. I mean, what are the other classic plays? Vince Young and what else? Doug um, Flutie. Deshaun Watson to um, that ain't that ain't that is a that huge was, play. One second. That's, that's not like well, this didn't even have a clock on it. That yeah, is not no. that is not at the level of Doug Flutie. No. Um, etc. This was this is one of the most monumental plays in college football history. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a bigger deal than uh, Lindsey Scott. Yeah. Be- but in Georgia lore, of course, it's not at all. But. But if you just look at the grand pantheon of things, you've oh, got national championship plays or college football plays. Well, they would have to be in the national championship game, I would argue. Uh, that's what I would say. Like the moment that you've you've got Alabama, Deshaun Watson and them were on the four yard line, weren't they? Yeah, but or that the was three. Still... I'm not dismissing it. I, I mean, I sent my wife down there. It cost me it cost me a pretty penny to send her down there. We're recording something. You want to step in, yeah. Mark? Hey, how are you? Mark, Mark Weiser joins the, uh, the Ride Home get, Podcast. We're trying to sit down somewhere that we can spread out. Where are you going? For what? We're recording. What up, people? Oh, Mark. We're still, we're still recording. A quick cameo from the uh, Spanner Herald reporter, Mark Weiser. You want to ask me that? I was just saying, come back in here for a second. Where would you rank that play last year in the pantheon of, of college football plays? The two, uh, the two are throwing overtime. Yeah, I mean, I guess Flutie against... Uh, That's right. And who else? Is that was against Miami. Miami. Sorry about that. Um, what no, about, you, you what go, about Vince Young? Oh, yeah, the push? 
No, not that oh, one. Not Although that was a big play. Five, the the national championship in two thousand five. Yeah. The push was a big deal too, though. Right. That's a that's a monumental play. Too. That was definitely. But but what I'm I'm just saying that in the grand scheme of things, in Georgia people can can hate it or whatever. We were talking about how much it was getting replayed on ESPN, and I said to him, it's one of the most famous plays in college football history. I mean, what was bigger than that? Well, I mean, for Georgia fans, probably. Uh, Lindsey Lindsay Scott, Scott Lindsay but that's Scott. not yeah. not. I'm talking about just for college football. No one will ever forget that play. You don't have anything else, Doug Flutie. No, I mean, you know what I'm thinking is that if you go to the College Football Hall of Fame, you can do like a fake play-by-play thing where they got all those plays you're talking but, about. But you up think there. Uh, those Young, are some of sure. them. Um, yeah, I mean, just trying to think. Uh, well, I guess the, the, the Stanford Cal band play. Stanford Cal, kick six. Yeah, I forgot kick six. six. Yeah, yeah. But given the magnitude of that national championship stage and the season was With, over, it was a walk-off. You're talking about Bama, Georgia? Yeah. I mean, that was the, one of the most watched football games in the history of college football, too. If you think of another one, you walk through here in the next few minutes, let me know, and you can... You can scream at our audience. Well, I'd probably say uh, Frank Reich in Maryland. <laughs> oh, God. Coming back from 30 down or whatever. <sighs> no one cares about the Turtles. <laughs> Talk about a program that's disappeared. If it ever appeared. Um, well, I mean, in terms of drives, wouldn't it, in the Clemson-Bama game, that was pretty... Easy. We talked about that, yeah. but but the difference there was... Clemson was on the four-yard line right. or whatever when they scored that play. That right. drive... Right. Is going to be hard to argue with. Yeah, but Texas had to drive the field too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. There's not that many plays that compete with, with the uh, Georgia Bama. All right. Hey, good online athletes.com. We just wrote a whole story about it. <laughs> Peace. Mark with his uh, Maryland garbage as usual. We've had we've had really three national championship games in a row that were really good. I don't think you could say that about Ohio State, uh, Oregon, could you? I mean, Clemson, Alabama in 2015 was good. I don't think it was as good as the time Clemson won it, obviously. I agree, yeah. Although Clemson, boy, Bama had them down, and they rallied. That's the thing, see. That's the thing about this game, I guess, too. Can you score points in a way that you can stay in the game? With, with Alabama, because Clemson with Deshaun could. They could. Well, I mean, the big thing. And Clemson, biggest, Clemson without Deshaun last year could not, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, y- yes, they can, but they have to be able to run the ball. They can. Georgia? Yeah. I think, I think they can run it. I think they can, too. But, uh, you know, there's also a chance that they don't. Um, you know, there's a chance but, they get shut down. But, there, there is, but what is the likelihood that they stop running it? I mean, who has stopped Georgia this year running the ball? I don't think LSU stopped. LSU didn't. Really, Georgia stopped. Georgia stopped running because they just stopped running it, which is bizarre. And I, I think, I think Kirby's learned his lesson there because he took kind of, he didn't take blame directly for that, but he did say after that game that you know that loss is big, a big part on us as a coaching staff. After the game or on Monday? I think both. I think he mentioned it both times. I can't remember after the game. It was such I, a after, zoo. After the game, I know he did mention it. I'm pretty sure yeah. he mentioned it again um, that Monday after. And so I think he's learned his lesson there because, you know, Kirby does – a lot of people want to point at Jim Chaney, and Jim Chaney does have a big say in that, but Kirby does dictate 
Yeah, no I mean, he'll, he's not calling plays specifically, but he goes on there and he says, hey, we need to be throwing the ball more. We need to be running the ball more, whatever. And I think that game, he was really saying, hey, we need to be throwing the ball. We need to spread them out more. What, what is the likelihood of two having an off night? That's hard to say. Um, you know, a run game usually doesn't I mean, what's, have... What's an off night for him? Going rather than seventy percent completions, going for fifty eight percent. It's possible. It's like, I mean, yeah, I, that's it's, totally that's a really possibility. I mean, I mean, Georgia needs to force the issue to some degree. The thing that I think, if you're a Georgia fan, you're listening to this stuff that you need to pay attention to. That I think is important is they're not going to try to be something they're not. Georgia, they're saying this is who we are. This is what we do. You know, they're, they don't, they're, I'm adding this part, but if it's not good enough, we're just not going to win. They, they're, they're saying, you know, we got to be what we are, we got to do what we do. You know, that's it. I mean, I th- speaking of two, I think what, what you really have to do, you don't, you have, you have to pressure him. That's easy. But when you pressure him, it's easier said than done. He is an exceptional I, athlete. The thing is, when you, when you do make contact with him, you don't necessarily have to sack him, but you can't let him escape that. You need to hit him. You need to make him get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. You can't let him, you know, do that little, you know, 180 run the opposite way and throw off, um, you know, going against his... Well, him being body. left-handed is weird, too, now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that people... people, people who li- Most people who listen did not play sports, but when you've got a left-handed person, it, it does make things a little odd. Well, because you just that. don't deal with it all yeah. the time. Because you're, you're so used to right-handed people. And, 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 in sports like basketball and tennis, it makes a much bigger difference, but... In football, it is a little weird to see a left-handed quarterback. Especially because in basketball, especially. Oh, it's really weird in basketball. You, you know, you'll go several – you'll you'll remember and you'll be like, okay, guard left hand, guard left hand, prepare for it left hand. But then, you know, you just – you kind of forget for a second because you're doing something else. That like, yeah. oh, this dude's left-handed. And you, you go back to your normal routine. You know, when, when, when we, we had a team that we played against in tennis in college that was almost all left-handed kids. Uh, four of their six kids were left-handed. And it changed everything. In football, no, not so much. You know, in football, you can you can be a right-handed team, so to speak, which means you run to the right. You prefer to go to the right. That's your power side. But in this case, everything flips for Alabama. Your better tackle should be on the right-hand side, guarding his backside. So it's – but he makes some throws that are absolutely stupid. I mean, like, the way he can put the ball in the basket is insane. He's, he's, he is exceptionally good. And it's all, like – I mean, especially when everything just kind of collapses around him. He's able to get up, and he, and he still sets himself and makes those throws, but after kind of chaos has ensued, he gets out and then sets up again and makes that throw. If, if I'm Georgia, I try to make this game as much about someone other than Tua as you can. That will be the challenge. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if they can really handle that challenge, but there's a lot of football to be played. There's a lot more than just Tua. That's out there. If you're the Georgia offense, you need to be. Uh, you need to execute. Be, you need to be as you know. You basically, what what you have been. Yeah. You need to be able to run the ball effectively because when that happens, you allow Jake Fromm to uh, be himself. You know, yeah, you allow. It, you're not forcing him to be the guy making all the plays. He he'll. They'll lose if he's the guy making all the plays. Or at least attempting to. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you can't have. And I'd say this if Jake were here right now, he needs to play his game. He needs to, from my favorite term lately, he needs to hit a bunch of forehands. We don't need any sliced backhands out of Jake Fromm. You know, he needs to do what he does well. And for him, 
that's that involves the run game dramatically. That does not mean I'm saying he's a bad quarterback or he doesn't have physical skills. He does. He's just he's at his best when the run game when is he's flowing. in control, mm-hmm. like most human beings. Yeah. When Jake is in control, he's really good. Like mm-hmm. he is really good. When he's not in control, he can't save you. Tua yeah. saved Alabama last year, and I I struggled to find a scenario where Justin would come in to save Georgia. He'd be different. He'd be different. But he makes too many uh, logistical errors right now compared to what he will in the future that I don't know if he can come in and save you. But Alabama last year, they had to do something. Yeah, uh, that was that was awful. That was really They, could, they couldn't move the Jake ball. Jake Fromm's not that bad. No, not and, at all. And even if – Hurts is – of all the quarterbacks in this game, I would put Hurts at number four. I would put both Georgia quarterbacks in front of him. It's just it's so hard to say because we still haven't really gotten a great. You would say you look. would say Jake Fromm is better than uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. D- dramatically. Yeah, I would. It's say. noticeable for sure. Yeah. He can throw a football, whereas Hurts is primarily a ball runner with mm-hmm. an arm, and who can throw the ball, but only when the team is kind of expecting him. The to other play. thing too, looking back at, and I promise we'll wrap this up. But the other thing too that 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 Jake did pretty well last year. He ran the ball effectively against Alabama when he needed to. He did, and and that will be big, too, because they will, especially when they're expecting him to throw, when they know he's going to throw, if he can find just those small gaps where you can get eight yards, nine yards. Three yards. Even, yeah. Just a short little pickup. I mean, this could be a higher scoring game than people realize. We've talked almost exclusively about the offenses, and we're going to do these all the week, but... um, this could be slightly higher scoring than people think. All right, we're going to wrap it up because we've got to go out to practice. We'll catch you all tomorrow.